Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Coffee and Poets at Naked Lounge with Inside Eye Poet Lawrence Dinkins. I'm today's guest host, Dr. V.S. Chochezzi, and today I'm interviewing Patrice Hill. Hello, hello, hello. Patrice is with us. Um, I'd like to start out by giving you a little information about Patrice. Patrice Hill has been writing and performing spoken word poetry for well over a decade. As an undergrad at California State University, Sacramento, she was exposed to the Sacramento poetry scene through the Sugar Shack poetry series run by Sean King. As a young student, activist, and promoter, Patrice found her poetic voice while attending the Mahogany Urban Poetry Series. It was at Mahogany where Patrice's poetry career began. As a young poet, Patrice had the opportunity to be mentored by amazing poets, including but not only including Angela Boyce, rest in peace, Ifama Dupwe, Cleo Cartel, Kyrie Malik, and Talam A.C., Patrice has performed extensively throughout California as a member of the infamous Super Cali Flow Linguistics Poetry Group. Patrice was a member of the 2003 and 2004 Sacramento National Slam Team, which not only competed nationally but also won the Battle of the Bay Poetry Slam competition. Patrice hosted the weekly open mic venue Talk Back Tuesdays for several years with fellow poet and great friend Rodzilla the Black Academic. As a poet and writer, Patrice has evolved into a community-based educator working directly with youth and teachers inside classrooms using poetry and writing as a tool to engage, educate, and inspire. Patrice specializes in providing direct service to students, facilitating teacher professional development trainings, and developing culturally relevant curriculum based on the foundations of social justice and community activism. As the program coordinator of Sacramento Area Youth Speaks, Patrice continues to be immersed in the art of poetry and spoken word, working with the beautiful and brilliant youth of Sacramento. And not only that, Patrice is a loving mom. (laughs) Welcome, Patrice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You put together a wonderful bio for us. I also know and appreciate all the poets you mentioned who influenced you. Yes. So you mentioned studying at Sac State. I'm an alumna as well, Sac State graduate. Go Hornets. Go Hornets. (laughs) Have you taken any poetry classes or workshops? Um, I I took no poetry or workshop classes at Sac State. Um, I I started at Sac State as a nursing major. Um, I took my first ethnic studies course, um, and I got introduced to knowing myself. And once I began to know myself, it was a wrap. Right. Um, So I changed my major to a special major, um, which was politics of the pan-African diaspora. Um, I got a chance to go to Ghana when I was 18 and spend two months there. And so when I came back, it was a wrap. Everything was black. If it wasn't black, I wasn't messing (laughs) with it. So um, that's how that started. But I I didn't get a chance to take any poetry classes there. It was all um, through community forums, the Sugar Shack, um, Box of Chocolates, the Brown Sugar Cipher. It was just being immersed in that poetry community through the university where I got exposed to spoken word. All right. So since that time, have you done any academic study around poetry? 
I haven't done any academic study around poetry. So your poetry is pure it's and untainted. It's, 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 it's straight um, out of mahogany, urban right. poetry series. I mean, that that was my class. That was okay. my my university. Was the was the weekly poetry venue? Your book is closed, but I am going to ask you to please share uh, at this time just a couple of your poems with us now. All right. Would you um, share two two pieces? I'll share two pieces. All right. The first piece um, is a piece that I wrote um, to get on the slam team um, at Mahogany in 2003, and it's called um, Open Mic Nights. On open mic nights, I write words about black people's plight, like how we overcrowd the prison trife in street life, right? I'm writing for the masses who ask, why the hell are we still hassling about our master plan that was master ran by massa? Ask us why we choose to inhale gray clouds of trees to ease the tension that black reality brings, because society makes no mention of the intention to destroy your clear vision. Did I mention this is our invention to get closer to the creator? Never made it to the top of America's elite, so now we find clever ways to hustle and sometimes make our home in the streets, beat slaving at the plantation for minimum wage. We asking for reparations, so why you hating on our liberation? The redemption of Africa is waiting to unleash on all the beasts who took her land, took her resources, took her babies. We be them dark-skinned descendants who drifted to the new world, being tortured and abused, made us desperate and confused, wanting to wake the heck up from being chained the heck up and see Africa in the morning. I'm mourning for all those who lost their lives during the middle passage and I'm praying for my people who lost hope, can't cope. On dope we reap what we sow. Some of us vote but it don't show so I keep spitting these poetry notes with real life sister quotes cause some of my brothers gotta push coke to cop when the coats ain't no college degrees for knowing how to survive on the streets. You keep telling me democracy and I'm telling you please. Don't know Bush know what's best for me or our black babies. Police patrol our streets to beast to push our people to defeat. You see, revelation, I mean revolution, will consume you. Take control of your thoughts, have you thinking, where do we go wrong? So I keep singing the same songs, just in poems with a flow that reaches from Africa to Sacramento. Cause I know you heard Super Cali flows rocking every mic from Oakland to San Francisco, hitting stages in LA and winning poetry slams in the Bay, opening for Ursula Rucker and Erica Badu. You know what I mean? Sharing the same stage and the same mic as dead prez with no dreads poet please me and my crew be ghetto poetry fabulous spit fantabulous fake poets they be mad at us no need to fuss just listen to us as we bust our hearts out on these mics you got it right sacramento's flow is tight Rip mics open till the truth is in sight. Let these words feed you, take you on a flight till you reach the sky. For those that want to see my flow die, I'm going to keep spitting till my people find freedom and learn we can fly. Do you have a stage name or alias or did you at one time? I didn't. I always okay. have just like been Patrice Hill. The first, you know, I wasn't even ready to spit. I was like a closet poet, right? And I was like rolling with Cleo Cartel and Ifa Dupe and Kyrie Malik so tough. Like I went everywhere with them and I didn't even tell them that I wrote. And we went to Minneapolis. We went to the um the National Poetry Slam in Minneapolis and I just tagged along as a promoter. And like this whole time I'm like a closet poet. I'm not saying anything. And then one time at Cleo's house, 
I, I think she was working on, I don't know what you were working on. Like, either she was doing hair or making clothes or something. Like, I was just so inspired by her. So I, I will always be at her house on a late night. And one time I was just like, I got something that I wrote. And I wanted to, I want to spit it to you. So I spit it to her. And then she was looked at me like, are you serious? And then she called Kyrie and Kyrie came over. And then one night at Jamaica house, I was just like chilling in the back, just listening to the poets. And then my name gets called to come up to the mic. And I look over at, the door and it's Cleon Ifa sitting there. They like spit that poem, spit that poem, and I was like, whoa! Like my heart dropped to the bottom of my stomach. But I did get up on stage and I spit the poem, and and that was it. All right. Mm-hmm. So I've always been Patrice Hill. I've never had a um a, a stage name. I've always just been Patrice. I've thought about that. Um, it's, I've just always stuck with, with Patrice. It's Hill. working for you, so no, no problem. <laughs> I was just curious because I was like, I didn't think you had one, but I tried to remember, and I said, well, maybe she has one, and I just don't know about it. I mean, I was Super Cali Flows for so long. Like, mm-hmm. I just, you know, Patrice Hill, Super Cali Flows. Okay. Your bio mentions that you work with youth using... A writing to engage, educate, and inspire. Mm-hmm. Would you talk a little bit about that? And do you have a set class or a campus that you work with? So um, I coordinate a program called Sacramento Area Youth Speaks. Um, I responded to a call that um, Dr. Roger Watson put out about just trying to like um, get together community-based poets um, to do writing workshops in schools. The program is coordinated out of UC Davis, and basically what the goal was was to close the achievement gap um, in some of the Sacramento's most lowest performing schools. Um, What we did was we took data from um, the Twin Rivers Unified School District, um, mainly Martin Luther King Middle School and Grant High School, and we compared it with uh, data from other schools um, around Sacramento. And so we use that data to get a grant from the California Post-Secondary Education Center, which is now CDE, just California Department of Education. And what they did was they gave us a grant to work with teachers. They gave us a grant to work with teachers. And so what we did was we, we got teachers and we used ELA classes, English language art classes, and we used poetry to develop culturally relevant curriculum. So essentially what we do is we work in English classes, but we use the art form of poetry and spoken word to teach English. So instead of using, you know, Shakespeare or um, Walt Whitman, we might use Tupac or Toni Morrison. And we get the students to just critically think about their lives and use that as the basics of the curriculum. So everything that we try to do is centered around the youth and their experience in the world. Um, so there's not a set curriculum. It changes all the time because I might not do the same thing that I do at Grant High School that I do in Franklin High, um, you know, in Elk Grove. But my home school is Grant High School, Pacers for Life. Um, I've worked at many schools in Sacramento, um, including uh, Grant, North Highland, Highlands High, Vista Nueva High, McClatchy, Burbank, American Legion. Um, 
you got to excuse my children in the background. They're, they're not used to this. I was trying to um, how to help them. I, um, we, we're also working now um, in Oakland, um, in Fresno, in Reno, and, and we're just looking to promote youth voice through critical consciousness and um, social activism, m- mainly through the vessels of poetry and spoken word. So did you just say Reno? Reno, Wasu County School District, wow. yeah. So okay. we'll, we'll be starting work there in the first week of November. Okay, so basically if people want to uh, involve their children in this kind of curriculum, they have to go through the schools. We partner with school districts. With school districts. There's no like set says class that you can just, hey, come take a class. Mm-hmm. We work directly in schools. However, if you want to get your child involved, you know, in the poetry aspect, mm-hmm. we do run um, yearly slams and we participate in the Brave New Voices International Poetry Festival as seen on HBO. Um, you can go to says.ucdavis.edu and find out more information and get your child plugged in if you want to you know, get them immersed in the art forms of poetry and spoken word. So you ready for another poem? Sure. All right. Um, I've been I've been trying to uh, get my mojo back because sometimes you just, you go through things and sometimes the poetry doesn't come like it used to. So I was, I was in Mount Shasta a couple of weeks ago and I didn't have no phone, no internet, no TV. I felt like I kind of got plugged back in a little. Um, and this is what came out. Appalled at my behavior, I need a prayer and a savior and a way up and a push out. No more getting down, no more messing with clowns, no more dumbing down. My hopes and dreams, my victories been ignoring me. I truly forgot about that queen who lives inside of me. Zora Neale Hurston said if you're silent about your pain, they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it. So I will employ my passion first and my regrets last and leave the bull and the pain in the past. Appalled at my behavior, I need a prayer and a savior and a way up and a push out. When God and the ancestors stopped speaking to me, the pen no longer produced quality ink. The poems in the writing no longer resonated with me. Could you imagine being a dope poet then no longer being able to comfortably publicly speak? Imagine the self-scrutiny, the mutiny of being on mute, no longer possessing the ability to spit the confident troop, attempting to spit lessons in hopes of receiving blessings. Your vessel must be a continuous confession. I realize that this is poetry progression. Rooted in truth, I give you a part of my spirit while also receiving energy from you. Appalled at my behavior, I need a prayer and a savior and a way up and a push out. No more getting down, no more messing with clowns, no more dimming down. My hopes and dreams, my victories been ignoring me. I truly forgot about that queen who lives inside of me. Wonderful. Thank you. I I was thinking about that because I know it takes a lot of energy to deal with youth. And I know that I've been visiting different poetry scenes and seeing some of the people that you've mentored but thinking, man, I haven't heard Patrice spit in a long time. But then I did see that you featured not that long ago. I think it was at Mahogany. Is that right? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, good. She's she's doing her thing. I've just been missing it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you probably haven't been missing it. I just, I mean, first I had some children. And as you can see. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, they take Thank a you lot for bringing energy. them. Um, mm-hmm. And 
once I had them, um, it's just, you know, getting into the mode of being a parent and trying to have a career and it just kind of got lost in the motions. Um, but it's always been in my heart. I just got to get my, my mind right so I can get my poems right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing a good job. And uh, I think all of us have experienced some downtime because I think what happens is you have to recharge mm -hmm. and then you, can, you can't give what's not, what's what's not drained. Mm -hmm. So you have to recharge and then you can give it again. So. It sounds like you were already in college when you discovered the spoken world and developed a passion for poetry. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you've been writing since you were 12 or No, 10. you know, I did start writing poetry in the eighth grade, but it was real, like, cut and dry, like real roses or red, violets or blue. I did, um, I used to watch... Uh, Amateur Night at the Apollo, right? And I used to record it on VHS. And at this one time, there was this poet. His name was Jasiri. And he was from the East Coast somewhere. But he had this piece, and it was like, um, what did he say? I, I, I used to watch it all the time. Um, Sloppy, you can always find me. My people are noisy, can't keep the profile down. Perpetrate the low post forever flash card. Get my good side, let me show you. Never secret, gotta tell somebody what happened, kid. Y'all was dead, yo. First the fly guy said, then spotlight. Read the name brand, give me two pair. Nobody got the yellow ones where the tongue out. My people walk, so we check for scuff marks. It was something like that. Mm. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I can't... I kept, I kept watching it and watching it and watching it. And I was like, what is this? Mm. Like, what is this? And, and really, I guess when I look back at it, like, that was probably, like, one of the first time ever seeing Spoken Word perform. And, like, he, he won that night on the Apollo. And I just, I mean, I watched that piece. I watched that piece. I memorized it. Um, I don't have it all in my head now. But that was, like, one of the the first time seeing a poet live. And so I think that just kind of lived with me. That just stayed with me. So then when I seen, you know, the brown sugar cipher in, 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 in real life, that was like, whoa, like it can really happen. So. so it sounds like poetry awakens something within you, or would you say that there was something inside you already and poetry gave it an outlet? I think poetry gave it an outlet. There was always something in there. I just didn't know what it was. I remember the first time I seen uh, Kyrie spit. He spit this piece about revolution. And I just, I, I almost had a nervous breakdown. Wow. Because <laughs> it was just like, it was so real. You know, I could mm. hold on to the words. Like, I could feel them in my soul, in my body. Like, I felt, I felt something. And when, when that place is dormant for so long and then it gets touched um, and it got touched with poetry and spoken word, that's just, I knew that I had to, I knew I had it in me and I knew I had to do it. Besides the crew you mentioned working with and being inspired by in your bio, are there other artists, musicians, activists, and poets who have influenced your work? Um, definitely. I would say like some of my favorite artists are maybe like, Erica Badu or, or Jill Scott, The Roots, um, Common, Talib Kweli, uh, Most Deaf, uh, Dead Press, Ursula Rucker. Um, 
a lot of a lot of folks uh what's her name Reese is her name Reese R E R E S um just the music the music that's been the soundtrack to my life like I always find something you know in there something mm. comes out of that um but I love music I love all types of music I love hip hop I'm scared about hip hop right now but um I I just I love music um one I I like Kendrick Lamar um J. Cole, you know, Jay-Z. Some of it is getting a lot questionable. You question yourself when you listen to some of it now. Um, but but music has, has always been a big influence in my writing. I, I like most of those artists, too. A few I'm not familiar with, so I'm going to go home and look them up. <laughs> and you didn't mention Sonny Patterson. I love her. Yeah, I've been I've been you. trying to meet her for forever. Like yeah. her flow is ridiculous, uh, right? Uh. You could watch a YouTube video <laughs> and feel that in your soul. Oh yeah. Um, who would you like to collaborate with artistically? Cleo Cartel. All right. Um, Y'all haven't done that yet. <laughs> we have. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, I just I really feel like you know in my in my soul there's so much stuff that still is gonna come out of Sacramento. I feel like we've all grown so much over the last ten years. Like everybody is such a magnificent artist, not just not in their poetry and their singing. Like everybody has involved into these like Renaissance people, you know, like Kyrie is doing photography and promoting like crazy. Cleo is like doing hair and um, tea and earrings <laughs> and purses and clothes. Like I feel like um it, Super Cali Flow Linguistics, that's not over. Like, it's it's not over. It kind of just abruptly ended, but there's still, like, something that needs to, that's going to come up out of that. So I'm just, I'm be patient and wait for that. Would you mind sharing another poem? Word. Um, <laughs> more than most MCs, I bring words to the mic concerning the black power fight and how being a young black woman in America at times just don't flow right. Seems like I always have to argue and fight attempting to bring to light my subjugation, maintained infuriation. I'm just saying I guess they don't know I see my right to be a queen. It's contingent upon me knowing I have the right to be a queen. See, I rep for those women with chocolate in their skin. My brothers, too, from quadrants, octagons to African Zulus. I speak for you because it's my duty to sling these words from the ghetto to the suburbs so my words can be heard so people can say word when their hearts feel these words. We super spit. We don't stick to the script. We pick lyrical battles over mental hassles, hate when poets make a mockery out of their ancestors' struggles, so we rebuttal and struggle to let the public see that the past has direct effect on present-day reality. Blood ties bind, and being a poet doesn't mean you only have to rhyme. It means you have to speak through your soul or take your butt home and find another route to go, you know? All right. Um, it seems to get. It seems to me that you get paid to do what you love: mm-hmm. teach, engage youth, and poet. Mm-hmm. It often feels to me like everyone I know has written a book or is in the process of writing one. I did Google you before the interview. I didn't hit on any publications or products. Have you been published, and is that in your hope, plans, or dreams for the future? I've never been published as a poet. Um, 
you know, I, I started working on a small novel and I was trying to integrate poetry with it, but I, I, then nothing has come out of it yet. Um, possibly in the future, I am working on going back to school to pursue some graduate degrees. So maybe I'm trying to see if there's a way that I can incorporate, you know, spoken word and poetry into higher education and see if I could get something to come out of a, a thesis or a dissertation that has to do with spoken word. Maybe I'll try to kill two birds with one stone. Give thanks. <laughs> I really thought that's what I wanted to do, too, before I went into a doctoral program. Uh, it didn't happen for me, but I did get a doctorate, <laughs> but I wasn't able to fit that poetry piece in yeah. there. I mean, you know, poetry is my lifeline, so mm. I could do it separate, but I couldn't, couldn't do integrate it them. So, you know, when you do that, I'll be, you know, I'll be sitting there taking notes Word. like, okay. <laughs> Because I would love to see that. Word. All right, wonderful. Well, you know, I am one of the editors for Tuli Review, so mm. it's not no no cover to submit. I'll put something on your page. It's anonymous, so I don't know who submitted what. Mm. You know, mm. and I may not even be the reader because there are many readers. But you should submit okay. something. Okay. You you know, yeah. Do you write in any other genres besides poetry? I think I heard you just say you were working on a novel. I'm trying. You know, okay. I read a read. I read a lot, and and sometimes you just want to see where you can take your art form. Poss- I, I mean, I, I I can't I couldn't even say that I do that though because okay. it's 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 nothing physical, nothing tangible out of that. But I'm trying. What were your top three poetry moments? <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, that's a good question. <laughs> Top three. Well, I heard you say um, you were on a program with Dead Press. That's uh, that's, that's a top three. That's a top three. That's a um, top that's, three. Uh, we opened for Dead Press and Erica Badu here in Sacramento. Mm. Um, that was Super Cali Flow Linguistics. I think all my top threes are with Super Cali. <laughs> I mean, dang. No, okay, because yeah, I was like, yeah. what about what about says and didn't you guys just come? Okay, that, okay, okay. That Erica Badu. That was you know what when I first started doing spoken word, I was like. I'll be like a dope poet if we open up for Erica Badu. And I promise it happened like two yeah. months later. Right. It happened like two months later. When and you I know was what like, you Damn. want, yeah. I mean, it just came. Yeah. The second was going on tour with, with Super Cali Flows um, in L.A. Like, we okay. stayed at the Wind of Bellage on Sunset, <laughs> like, for a week. We was just like... Big time poets couldn't tell us nothing. We did like every poetry venue in LA, um, and we got so much love and respect out of that. I, I would that's def, that's probably number one, and then Erica Badu is two, and then three uh, would probably be my first time coaching the youth um, slam team. Sack has this reputation, especially in the slam world, of being like uh, not bullies, but. Almost outcasts, like like thugs, like we don't kind of we don't stick to the script of of, of slam poetry. Um, there's almost like silent rules about what you can write about um, in slam, and we don't we don't we don't even pay attention to those. Um, and so, what the reputation of of the adult team kind of has carried on through the youth team. And and I guess it's almost like a, a rawness, a realness, a griminess that they 
that almost doesn't want to get respected, but the 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 truth that comes out of the poems, you, you have no choice but to respect it. But my first time coaching um, at Brave New Voices, the 2012 Youth Slam team, um, we, it was in Berkeley. I was nervous. Um, and we made it through the first two rounds just like, biting people's heads off like we whooped on everybody and so we um we whooped uh philadelphia who had won the previous year we we beat them in a bout um that just happened to be hosted by um inner city who who now goes by the name of sean william and and just the look on people's faces when we won that bout was one priceless um, but when we got to the, the semifinals, we lost um, to the Bay in the Bay by .01 of a point. And Slam, is, that's why I have a love and hate relationship with Slam, because you get down to these like .2s and .3s of a point. And it's, you're not even supposed to be putting the points on the poems. But just just for those youth to have that satisfaction, that feeling of victory, even though we didn't make it to the finals, they got so much respect from the network, from the other young poets, from the coaches. I think that was probably one of the highlights of, of my poetry career, being able to just like to tep, take a, a step back and, and just use the tools that I've gotten from my mentors to, to give to the youth and see them shine and excel has been a beautiful thing. And also, um, the next year in Chicago, I had, there was, uh, it was the, the team, the said slam team was like all young black females, wow. all like wow. all, and they wrecked shop. <laughs> I mean, like Takara Johnson, Terry Grace, Debbie Armstrong, Ajene Brown, Buchanan, I'm sorry, and Charlay Bishop. Like, they just, the, the amount of emotion and writing and talent that that group of girls had in Chicago represent Sacramento, though, was mm -hmm. just a feat. So, yeah, top three. That was wow. like four, but. So. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. Do you have any advice for listeners uh, who might be emerging or veteran poets? Emerging or veteran? Yeah. So, you know, I think you, there's probably some things that you want to say to the youth, but there's probably some things you also want to say to, Okay, yeah, you know, okay. So the emerging poets, you got to get a venue. <laughs> you got to have a venue. Like, you got to have a family venue, I feel like, to, to get that mentorship. Um, I was so blessed to have, you know, Ifa and Cleo and Angela and Kyrie like just take me under their wings. They didn't have to do that. Um, and that just gave me so much confidence to have like these dope poets embrace me and tell me I was good and I was worthy. I would just say, you know, find a family, a support system, um, a poetry family um, where you can shine and you can get critiqued and you can get developed because um, it's not easy. Um, you can't just write a poem or two and, and expect to be, you know, a dope, respected uh, poet. I think you got to get seasoned. And it took me years and years and years to get seasoned. And some people might say, I'm still not seasoned, and I'll, I'll take that too. Um, for the veteran poets, 
I would just say keep doing your thing, but there's some youth out there that probably could use your advice or your help or your mentorship. Um, that's 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 it, really. Okay. Um, do you have any final remarks for our audience before Thank you, you share audience. some more? <laughs> do you have any more poems you'd like to share with I mean, us? I could do one more. Okay, thank I can you. do one more. Um, I keep trying to do this poem. I don't know if it's going to come out right, but I, this is the poem that I spit to Cleo on her living room floor when I was being a closet poet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when he came into my life, I was still looking for a way out. When he came into my life, I was still looking for a way out. Dreaming too loud never got me too far, but he told me to let go of them so I can dream higher and live lighter. But life has never been so misinterpreted until he came, promising me stars that he couldn't even reach. The only moons that he seen were blue, and the sun he saw never came from behind mountains of pain. Me not loving my life was his only gain. When he came into my life, I let his disconnected soul intertwine with mine. That's when I finally began to realize that death wasn't too far behind. I could smell the aroma of karma playing catch-up with misdemeanors of passion. And a thousand women scorn wasn't the only crime. He didn't tell me that the death of his soul meant a rebirth of mine. So now I can breathe easy to visions of the climax of his spine that I finally let unwind. He didn't tell me that the game of life would be this hard. And that you have to read the directions if you don't want to collect 200 broken hearts every time you pass love. He didn't tell me that he would leave me here to deal with the things he could never do. When he entered my mind, he would leave a blueprint behind of every soul he is ever intimately intertwined. So now I see the demons in my dreams calling me back to a land I thought was gone lifetimes ago. What's life worth? If you can't live it completely alive, we both believe two broken hearts could provide the baggage to bandage one second start. He showed me and I believe we can compose sanity music inside houses on Insane Boulevard. He told me and showed me that oceans weren't sufficient in separating our spirits, but that lakes could usually lessen the distance. Now that he's gone, when I close my eyes, I can finally sit back and meditate on the fact of the matter. It was the pain in his torn soul that provided the baggage for mine to grow. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I, I got one more piece, though. Thank so okay. the youth that we're working with, um, one of my babies... Um, she's Cleo's baby too. Her name is Takara Johnson, and she's a senior at Sac High. And she um, has started like developing some poetry workshops. So she took me through a workshop a couple weeks ago, and it was called "Love Love My Babies" or "Love Your Babies." And uh, and at the end of it, a piece came out. And this is, um, the, this is the piece that came out. And I just want to do this for the youth. Baby, I'd like to remind you that life is hard. And this life is not promised. I can give you a ride to the light rail, but I can't take the hell out of your life well. You will have to get through the hard times. I'll be there to do my best, support you. My commitment to you will stay strong and true, 24-7 availability. If I told you I'll really be there for you, whether you need money, ride, or food, I'll spare my last, my last $20 with you because I believe and I know that's true. The youth is the truth. That's it. Just a small little piece.
youth is the truth. The youth is the truth. Thank you for being such a wonderful guest on Coffee and Poets podcast at Naked Lounge and Inside Lawrence Dinkins event with me, your guest host, Dr. B.S. Chochezzi. Please give Patrice Hill another hand. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>